a certain time in life when words were spoken to you, and it's as if today you can recall that moment as if you just heard them. Certain words, right? Positive or negative. And I'm sure if you just take a moment and you close your eyes just for a second and you think back, what are some words that impacted my life? I bet that you can remember an experience or two or three. I know that I can. I remember vivid as day sitting in my, my in-law's kitchen in Florida the first time my wife told me she loved me, right? You know, and, and vivid as day. Hearing those words, I love you. And but the just the words that I'd heard those words before from my parents, from other people, but at that time, in that setting, in that moment, it like it imprints on your soul. What about maybe you heard somebody say, I'm leaving? And you remember that moment as clear as day. Maybe somebody said, What's wrong with you? Maybe somebody said, I forgive you. Maybe somebody once looked at you and said, you didn't make the cut. You're not good enough. Or maybe they said, I'm so disappointed in you. Maybe somebody looked at you one times and one time and said, hey, don't give up. Don't give up. And it stuck with you ever since. I love it when, when people walk into the room and they say, I'm so glad to see you, but it's not just a formality, like they really mean it and you feel it. And you know those certain people in your life that man, when they say things like that, they mean it. I, I've, I've said this to people before, man, your smile lights up the room. And how many of you know when you affirm things like that in somebody's life, they wanna just smile more, right? Words have an impact. Words have a huge impact in our lives. And think about this. If God created the whole universe with his spoken word and he made you and I in his own image, then I think our words probably matter also. Now, when I speak, light doesn't appear. You know, when I speak, uh, you know, planets aren't formed, you know, but God made me in his image. And we're going to look at some verses today that just underline the impact of your words. But before we get into it, let's read the theme verse for our series once more. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. It says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all, everybody say all. all. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in, dark, in, in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And so in week one, we talked about how the greater the battle, the more important the vision. And then in week two, last week, we talked about how we, we can be warriors in our thought life and how our thought life is connected to one of those heavenly realms, which is your soul. It's going to last forever. And so we better take care of our thought life. And if you missed those messages, I encourage you to jump online and catch up. Um, it's all available for you on our website and app. But today, we're going to talk about how do we be warriors with our words? How do we war be warriors with our words? What does God's word say? Proverbs 18, 21. It says, the tongue can bring death or life. The tongue can bring death or life. 
And then it adds, those who love to talk will reap the consequences. How many of you love to talk? Let's just get honest right off the bat this morning. You love to talk. The words flow freely. Now, now I'm not going to really go there, but I'll, I'll just give you this stat. You know, researchers say that women use about 150,000 words a day and guys only use 30,000. So I'm just going to leave that right there. No, I'm just messing, ladies. Um, <laughs> but words have the power of life and death. Listen, you know, our theme verse that for the series that says we're not fighting against flesh and blood, right? We're not fighting against flesh and blood. And we're talking about how do we be warriors with our words? And how many of you know that 99% of the times in your life that you said you were fighting with somebody, you weren't using fists or weapons, hopefully, right? <laughs> There might have been that one time you threw something at your brother or sister. Um, I know that for me, there was that one time I punched my brother in the face um, and I never did that again, right? Um, uh, my mom was not happy and it was right before church on Sunday morning. And so thankfully she's not here to remember that today. But most of the time when you say I'm fighting with someone, it's with words, right? It's with things that you're saying. Psalm 19:14 says, "May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer." And then in our theme passage for this series, Ephesians 6, uh, verse 17, what does it say? It says, "Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God." And so just from these few verses, we see this theme. Your words have power. We want our thoughts and our words to be pleasing to God. And the sword of the spirit, this iconic weapon, right? The sword is the word of God. And so we can deduce from, from these different um, passages and verses today that your words can be a weapon. And just like any battle, you can be fighting for something good or you can be fighting for something bad. And so some overarching thoughts, overarching thoughts today. There's power in our words. We want to please God with our words. We're going to see today that not everything Jesus said with his words was safe or easy. We're in a battle. We're in a battle. So it's not always going to be kumbaya and sweet nothings spoken into your ear when it comes to the words you speak. There's a right and there's a wrong way to use our words. And so just like any battle, we're going to lay down some rules of engagement. Have you ever heard of that? Rules of engagement. We have definitely in our society today lost the art of disagreeing without losing our minds. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Everyone has a platform. I left mine down on the seat over there. Right? We all got a platform. And so this is more relevant than ever. What do we do with our words? How do we fight with our words in a God-honoring way? Let's pray. God, I just pray that your word can get deep down into our hearts. God, I pray that it changes us, that it shakes us up, that it, that it pushes us in a new direction. God, do something new in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So how do you fight with your words? Grab your notes, fill in the blanks as we go. Number one, first thing you do, you got to check your heart. You got to check your heart. Matthew 12, 33 through 35 says this, and this is Jesus talking. He said, a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, 
its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. And then Jesus says this, and, and just to set the context, he's talking to the Pharisees who were talking bad about him. Okay, so they kind of came and picked a fight. Jesus had, had healed a man, and the, they said that his power with which he's healing came from demons, came from Satan. And so that's kind of the context of this passage. And so Jesus goes from healing this man to answering these accusations from these people. And so these people attacked him with words. And here's Jesus' response. He said, you brood of snakes. Now, when I was growing up, you know, it, it was kind of frowned upon to do name calling. And I in no way shape or form through this message today and, and condone, condoning you calling people names. But this is just one example of how Jesus, it wasn't always just like, oh, we're just gonna peace love and sit around and, 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 and be nice all the time. And so, but he said something to, to these religious elite, these people that thought they knew everything, these people that thought they had the answers. And he said, you brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? And here's the principle for all of us. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And so the timeless principle from this, this passage for this point is that a man's words exposes one of two things. My heart, based on what I say, is either good or evil. Now, you probably are saying, well, Joe, I say some bad things sometimes, and I say some good things sometimes. So I kind of feel like I'm a little bit of both, right? But here's how Jesus framed it. Good and evil are polar opposite. And as citizens of this world, a lot of times we want to say, well, can't I just have a little bit of both? Can't I just take a little bit of both off the buffet? Isn't evil kind of a strong word here, Joe? I don't know if there's anything literally evil in my heart. Listen, the first step to having a good heart is acknowledging the evil in your own heart and inviting Jesus in to drive it out. It's the first step, checking my heart. Say, just like that Psalm says, God, is there any offensive way in me? Search my heart, oh God. Is there anything in me that isn't pleasing to you? Take it away, right? So Jesus, like I said, he's healing people. He's ministering people. He's getting attacked for it. He's being called names. He's being, it's being said that he's in cahoots with Satan. And just before this verse that we read, Jesus told the people, he said, anyone who isn't with me opposes me. And anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. Those are pretty strong words, especially in our day and age when kind of the tenor of our society is that, is that, oh, I like this religion and I like that religion and, and oh, whatever's true for you is, is true for you. And, and you know, just whatever. We want to take a little sample of everything and not define good and evil. Jesus comes on the scene 
And he had a little advantage because he knew the hearts of these guys that were attacking him. And he went right at it. He said, listen, you can't have it both ways. You can't. Check your heart. What's coming out of your mouth, the things that you say, are coming from an either a good place, a good heart, or an evil heart. There's no neutral ground when it comes to your heart. Remember, this is a battle, and we've got to pick a side. So much of the time when, when we don't take responsibility for what comes out of our mouth, we say things like, I didn't mean that, right? But in reality, based on scripture, what was in your heart just came out. And so the appropriate response is not, I didn't mean that, it's, I am so sorry. I've got to repent for what came out of my heart. I got to own that, right? Listen, you can't change how you talk without changing your heart first. So the first step to doing battle in the right way with your words is to check your heart. To give your heart to Jesus if you haven't done so already. He's, he's ready and he's willing to change your heart. I love the picture in Revelation where, where it says that Jesus is standing at the door of your heart. And he's knocking. And he's like, hey, whoever will open that door and let me in, I'd love to come in and hang out. It's basically what he's saying. I'd love to come in and set up shop. I'd love to come in and take residence in your heart. And so the first step to getting your words right is getting your heart right. My motives come through my words. They begin in my thoughts. And then they come out in my body language. And then finally, through what I say. The second thing that we do when we learn to fight with our words is we have to care. Fill that in. We have to care. You say, Joe, what, what do you mean by care? Care about what? Matthew 12, 36 through 37. He says, and I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idol. And in other translations, it says empty or careless. Every idle word you speak, the words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Anybody else feel convicted this morning besides me? Wow. The words we say will either acquit you or condemn you. Some of you just pulled out your phones and you're going to Facebook to delete posts. Right? You're like, oh my goodness. You're like going back to 2012 and you're like, man, I got to get that off of there. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Now, I've heard people boast before, and you probably all of us have a friend like this. You know, everybody has a friend that, that says things like this. I'll say it. No one else is saying it, but I'll say it. <laughs> I'll say it. I'll say anything. I'm the person that says things that nobody else wants to say. Does everybody have a friend like that? I'm all, I'm not afraid to say it. I, I'm always the person in the room that says it. Someone needs to say it. Anybody feel that way sometimes? Too many times though, people just take that as a license to be a jerk, right? We take it as a license to just be like, we just forgave ourselves for the sin we're about to commit. The Bible says to care about what you say because you're gonna give an account for it. Now, what does that mean? Now, I know that God's grace is big and I'm getting into heaven on his ticket, not mine. 
I'm getting into heaven based on his work on the cross, not my works, right? We all know that. And if you don't know that, you need to know that. But I'll also give an account for every word that I say regardless. And so I need to take this seriously. To giving account for something doesn't mean, you know, that's gonna, you know, you're gonna go to hell or heaven, not always. Giving account means you're gonna answer for what you've done in this life. There's gonna be two different judgments. One for, you know, whether your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life or not, whether you're going to heaven and hell, and there's gonna be another one based on the works that you did. And God says that you're gonna get, you're gonna be rewarded for the works that you did on this earth. And so when we talk about giving account, we're saying, hey, what we do in this lifetime affects eternity, right? And so I don't know about you, but I'm not gonna take any chances with God's grace. I want to handle my words carefully and actually care about what's coming out of my mouth. Why care, you ask? Because you care about people. And why care about people? Because Jesus cares about people. And if our words carry the power of life and death, then what comes out of my mouth really, really matters because I don't wanna hurt people. Listen, the old adage means so much. If you don't have anything good to say, just don't say it. The third thing we gotta do if we're gonna learn how to be warriors with our words, we gotta slow down. Everybody say slow down. One of my favorite movie scenes ever is uh, in uh, Zootopia with the sloth, right? And if you haven't seen it, man, you gotta, you gotta grab one of your grandkids or grab one of your kids and watch Zootopia. Um, the best scene ever, they go into the B DMV, what are they, here they call it the BMV, sorry, I'm in Ohio now. So the BMV, they go in the BMV and, to, to, and they go up to the guy and he moves like a sloth, right? And while that is incredibly annoying in real life, this principle spiritually is so incredibly important. James 1.19 says, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Now listen, confession. Hi, my name is Joe, and I'm not always a great listener. Have you been there? <laughs> I'm not a great listener. One of my, my mentors in leadership, a guy that I read all the time, he says that he literally writes an L in the top left-hand corner of his notes paper and circles it every time he sits down for a conversation. Why? Because it's hard. And the Bible says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. And so doing things with care, if we're actually gonna care about the words that are coming out of our mouth, it takes time. And so we've gotta craft our words carefully. And so I know one of the things that I do before I sit down for a crucial conversation or an important meeting in my life, I'll usually write down the main things that I want to say. I'll write it out. And I'll not just write it out, I'll write it out how I want to say it because I want to get it right. Especially if they're words that have the potential to maybe hurt a little bit, right? And so I write it out. If I have an important letter to write, I'll get it proofed two or three times just to make sure it's just right. But other times in life, you know, when you're just going throughout life, you, 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 you feel like, and I just don't have time for that. And so you just let it rip. You just let the words fly. And listen, 
just because sometimes you take the time to figure out what you're gonna say, and I've been here, the more you stew over it, the more you craft it, the more you write that email and you rewrite that email, and the more you write that Facebook, delete, edit, write it again, and you wanna get it just right, just because you're slowing down doesn't mean that you should say it. Sometimes when you take time to craft it and you take time to slow down and say something, you don't even realize that there's a root of bitterness growing in your heart. And so there's a couple reasons to slow down before you say it. One, I don't want a root of bitterness to grow in my heart. Two, I don't want to fly off the handle and say something I'm going to regret. And so in the slowdown, it's not just slow down to get that zinger just right before you deliver it masterfully at, masterfully at just the right time. It's I'm slowing down to let Jesus work in my heart. I'm going to invite Jesus into the process. Why? Because in Proverbs 21, 23, it says, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. Don't you love God's word sometimes? It's like just what I needed to hear at just the right time. You know, I know that it's not always nice to tell somebody else, keep your mouth shut, but it's okay for God to tell us in his word, right? Sometimes that's, that's the best advice we could ever have. But if we don't slow down, we're never gonna hear that. We're never gonna hear that still small vo voice of the Holy Spirit saying, you know what? Just keep it to yourself. And then in Proverbs 10, 19, it says, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Love it. So slow down. The fourth thing that we gotta do, if we're gonna learn how to be warriors with our words, is we have to soften up. We gotta soften up. Proverbs 15, one through two says, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing, but the mouth of a fool belches out foolishness. Anytime I get to use the word belch in a sermon, it's pretty awesome. And so <laughs> that's why you love the Proverbs. But so much good stuff here. A gentle answer deflects anger. Harsh words make tempers flare. And although this is kind of common sense and we're like, man, this, yeah, obviously I've seen this happen in my life. How hard is it? And can I get an amen to do it? I love what it says in the ESV. It says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So I guess the question to ask ourselves, why am I not always gentle? Why am I not always soft with my words? Why do sometimes I just lash out and, and come across in a harsh way that stirs up resentment and anger? Oftentimes, I know for me is because deep down somewhere in my heart, there's a root of bitterness. There's, there's some resentment. There's some hurt. There's some passive aggressiveness where in certain situations where certain people, it's like it only just takes a, a little something to set me off. Anybody else relate to that? And so in other, in other situations with different people, man, I could be soft and I can be gentle. But in certain instances, it's like, man, there's something there. And so... When, when we see an area of our life where we can't soften up when we're just constantly kind of on edge and we're just like going there and we're just right in somebody's grill about whatever's going on, 
I think the question to ask ourselves, why can't I be gentle and soft here? God, is there a root of bitterness or resentment or unforgiveness in my heart that I'm not dealing with? What is the opposite of soft? Hard. And what gets hard when we don't listen to Jesus? Our heart. Right? And so, like, when we want to fix a, a hard heart, we go right back to that point one. We check our heart. We got to soften it up. Verse 4 in Proverbs 15 says, Gentle words are a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. I want gentle words. I want soft words. Does that mean that I don't say tough things sometimes? No. But I can say it in a soft and gentle and, and um, I can do my part to be loving in how I say it. Number five, warrior with your words, you gotta be a builder. You gotta be a builder. Ephesians 4, 29 through 32 says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. I want you to underline that. If, you have, if you're analog today and, and you got paper and pen, underline and do not grieve the Holy Spirit. With whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ through, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. What I want you to see is smack dab in the middle of these two practical applications. It says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Basically said, keep your words uplifting and building and wholesome. And then it says, get all this junk out of your life. Why? Because if you don't, the brokenness of your relationships is going to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Every single one of us, every day we get a choice. Am I gonna be on the building crew or am I gonna be on the wrecking crew? You get to choose, you get to choose. And not grieving the Holy Spirit means keeping my heart clean relationally, keeping my words clean relationally, keeping the bitterness and the resentment and the attacking and the slander and all of that junk out of my life. Completely. Forgiving others just as Christ has forgiven me. This is heavy stuff. Because I read our Facebook posts. I see it. There's just junk all over the place. And we feel the need to respond all the time. And as a church, we need to be like a city on a hill, a beacon a light in a dark place, when our responses bring life, when we build others up, right? We gotta be a builder. Listen, the truth is always helpful. <clears throat> the truth is always helpful. I love that old scene in that old movie, you can't handle the truth, right? <laughs> and sometimes that's true, but that doesn't mean that the truth is not always helpful. But I love how in this verse it says, you're gonna build others up according to their needs. Not just their wants, but their needs. And so what do you do when you, need, when you feel the God-given need to speak into somebody's life? 
Couple quick handles. Do it privately. Do it privately. Keep it off social media. Keep it off Facebook. No one cares. I've never seen anybody get fixed on Facebook. Have you? I've never even seen one argument resolved ever in the history of social media. So if you've got something to say, honor the person by doing it privately, one-on-one. And here's step two. Don't tell another soul about it. Keep it to yourself. Be a builder. Stay on the building crew. And another pro tip, which I fail at sometimes. 90% of what you're saying to other people should be building so that you have currency in the bank for when you need to go there. Spouse, you want to speak some revolutionary truth into your your spouse's life? Make 95% of your interactions positive. When you do, those words of truth and those nuggets of wisdom that you so desperately want to share with them are going to fall on much better soil. But if you're at them all the time and it's just like, man, there's always tension, they're not going to listen to your wisdom. Be a builder. Be a builder. So questions to ask. If, if, if you've got something to say, if you've, got, if you've got talk that you feel like needs to come out of your mouth to other people, am I saying this out of bitterness, rage, anger, slander, malice? You just go through that verse. Is the source of this something that could first get fixed in my heart? Or am I reacting to what's happening? Or am I acting on my plan to follow Jesus? Am I reacting or am I acting on my plan to follow Jesus? And I think in those moments, you just pull out these verses, this set of notes, Uh, These verses, these texts would be great ones to just keep at quick reference in your Bible, on your mirror, because I feel like these are some of those most relevant things that that tools that we have in our in our battle for good relationships. Number six, as we close today. If you're going to be a warrior with your words, you and I, we have to remember our job description And I'm not saying about where you work. You know, I know some of you are engineers, some of you are teachers, some of you are lawyers and doctors and accountants and and laborers and some of you in the trades and some of you, you know, do all kinds of things. Not talking about that job description. Your biblical job description. And you might say, Joe, I never knew I had a biblical job description. But you do. There's all kinds of them. And so you can, you can pick any one of these that, that guide you and lead you. But write a few of these down. The Bible says that you and I, we are supposed to be the salt of the earth. What does salt do? It makes things taste good. It makes life more pleasurable. It makes life more exciting. It preserves relationships. It doesn't tear them apart. So you're a life preserver. You're the salt of the earth. What else does the Bible say we are? We're a city on a hill, right? A bright light in the darkness. There should be a difference by how you live and talk and act and the words that come out of your mouth than everyone else in the world. Why? Because you follow Jesus. 
How about this one? This is another one I love. Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly. Remember your job description when you're walking into a, a situation. Yeah, you might need to bring a little justice sometimes. Hey, this isn't right. And there's a way that we could do this better. Yeah, you bring mercy. But man, you do it in the most humble way possible. Knowing that you're just one beggar trying to show another beggar where to find food, right? We're all sinners. So I'm going to walk humbly. What's another job description from God's word? The Bible says that you and I, we are Christ's ambassadors. We're Christ's ambassadors. We speak on behalf of God. Can you imagine that? What a filter to put on the things that come out of your mouth. And sometimes I think that, that, that we can you know, be like, oh, this is my off time and this is my on time. This is my, you know, time where I, I put on a good show. You know, when I'm, when I'm around these friends, I, I talk in a certain way, but when I'm around these friends, I just let loose. But that's not scripture at all. You are always Christ's Christ ambassador. If you've chosen to follow Jesus, if you put him first in your life, guess what? You're re representing him every moment of every day for the rest of your life. It's an always on kind of thing. You're Christ's ambassador. What's your other job? What's some other job descriptions in God's word? The Bible says that you're, you and I, we are disciples. It means we're following Jesus. We're going where he goes. We're talking like he talks. We're, we're saying things he would say and we're handling things like him. In my life and whatever spiritual gift that God has given you, you know, that's also a part of your job description. You know, one of my spiritual gifts is leadership. And so I've got to carry that. And I, okay, am I leading when I talk and when, I, when I'm, you know, doing leadership in my life? Am I remembering that that's a spiritual gift that God has given me to serve others? Every single spiritual gift that God gives you, it's not for you. It's to serve other people. And so these are awesome filters to put your words through. And in all of those, you know, I think something that just encapsulated, encapsulates it all is that it's not about me and it's not about you. It's not about us. It's about being a conduit through which Jesus can speak. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2 says, imitate God. <laughs> Underline that imitate God. Do you ever read anything in the Bible and you're like, seriously? <laughs> seriously? But in, in the beginning of this message, remember we said God created the world with his words. He created me in his image. And so my words matter. They matter. And you might be asking yourself, God, how in the world do I imitate you? My, my words don't carry the same weight. My, my words don't carry the same thunder. Nothing moves at my words, God. And I would just beg to differ. Because God's word that we read this morning says that we're fighting a battle. And it's not a physical one. We're fighting a battle. Every time we speak, we're fighting a battle. And it's not against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities in unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And so when you speak, imitate God and fight on his 
team. Fight on his team. So imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. Everybody say everything. Because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Listen, if you're following Jesus, you got to remember, you are always speaking on someone else's behalf. You're not living your truth. You're not being the best version of yourself. You're not living your best life. You're dying to yourself and you're imitating Jesus. It's the greatest calling, the greatest goal, the greatest pursuit that you could ever go for in life. Not to be you, but to be like him. Do our words reflect it? There aren't on times and off times when it comes to your words. You're wholly surrendered. So before typing, before saying, I'm praying, right? I'm praying. I'm laying my words on the altar and I'm crying out to God and I'm saying, God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. Search my heart, oh God. Point out anything in me that's offensive to you. Lead me in the way everlasting. I place my words on the altar. I give them to you, God. God, I'm not gonna let a careless word come out of my mouth. Why? Because I care for people. Because I love people. God, I'm gonna slow down. You left your throne on high in, in heaven. You left your spot at the right hand of God. You came down. You lived as a man. Flesh and blood. You went through everything that we did. You slowed down. You stepped from outside of time into time. You walked in my shoes. You went at my pace. You died in my place on the cross. All so I could have a relationship with you. God, help me to slow down so I can do the same thing for others that you did for me. God, soften my heart. Soften me up, Lord. Remember in the beginning when I said those things that were spoken to you in life that maybe hurt you? When somebody looked you right in the eyes and said, you're not good enough. When somebody looked you in the eyes and said, I'm leaving and I'm never coming back. Those things that hurt. Well, now that you've met Jesus or now that maybe you're, you're meeting Jesus today, you could say, God, soften my heart. I don't want to be led anymore by those hurtful words. God, I don't want to speak and let the things that come out of my mouth come from a place of damage and hurt. God, where there was brokenness and where there was just hurtful words, let there be healing in Jesus' name. Soften my heart, oh God. God, help me to be a builder. Help me to lift people up. Help me to... to to be so intentional about speaking life. And when I don't have anything good to say, God, help me to just keep my mouth shut in Jesus' name, right? And God, help me to remember whose I am, that I'm speaking on your behalf when I speak, that I never have a day off. I never have a moment to myself because I have surrendered my life wholeheartedly to the working of the Holy Spirit. My life is yours, everything in it. It all belongs to you. In Jesus' name. If you could bow your heads and close your eyes with me today. If you need to start at step one, you've checked your heart today and you've seen that, man, 
there's parts in your heart that you need to get right with God. And maybe you're, maybe you're coming to Jesus for the first time. Maybe for the first time you're realizing that there's a God in heaven that loves you. He's real. He laid down his life for you on the cross. He rose again on the third day. Also, he could have a relationship with you. And you're saying today, Joe, I want that. I want a relationship with Jesus. I want to start following him today. If that's you and you'd like to boldly give your life to Christ, I just encourage you right now to raise your hand just saying to Jesus, that's me. God, I want everything you have for me. I want to live for you from this day forward. Here's my life. Anyone? Jesus is working in your heart right now, and you're saying, Jesus, here's my life. I give it to you. Amen. Amen. For those of you that raised your hand, you could say a simple prayer right at your seat right now. Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for me, that you paid the price for my sin. Jesus, come into my heart. Your word says that you've been knocking at the door of my heart and I see that and I, I, I feel that today. And so come into my heart. I wanna live for you for the rest of the days of my life. Help me to understand your word. Help me to follow it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus died for you, that he rose from the dead, you'll be saved. And so right now, it doesn't matter what you feel. It matters what's real. And what's real is God's word. And he says that right now you are forgiven. You are redeemed. You've got a new future because of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's give those that gave their life to Christ today a hand. Amen. Amen. One more thing before we close in prayer. If you're here today and you're like, Joe, I'm serving Jesus, but I got to get a hold of my mouth and my hand is up with you. And so as I close, pray a closing prayer, if that's you today, as just a sign of surrender to God, could you lift your hand with me as we pray? God, we need help. God, we need to be better listeners. God, we need to slow down. We need to put a better filter over what's coming out of our mouth. God, may the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you in Jesus' name. God, help us to apply these truths to our lives this week, this month, this year, from this day forward. God, that we will act and live and speak as Christ's ambassadors in Jesus' name. Give us strength, give us power and anointing. Amen.